John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. Busy day yesterday in the Ohio House. Very busy day. Lots of different things signed into law. Lots of different things signed through and pushed along. And um, to talk about some of those things and some of the other things that are being discussed right now. In the Ohio House, we bring in State Representative Bride Rose Sweeney to the program. State Representative, how are you today? I am good, John. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, as I said, busy day yesterday for you guys. A uh, lot that happened, and uh, you guys were in the news for a, a number of different reasons, good and bad. Um, let's start first with uh, what we initially were going to talk about, and then we'll get into some of the other bills from yesterday, but that is redistricting. Uh, where are conversations at with this right now, and um, where does it continue to go? Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent question, Um, one that me and my Democratic colleagues have been asking for a while. And I say that because we're about six weeks away from um, receiving the census data um, from the federal government, and we have done nothing at the state level to prepare. Um, In our Constitution, you know, we passed uh, two constitutional amendments that dictate how this process will go forward. Part of that, it is up to the governor to convene um, the commission on redistricting, to put rules in place, put staff in place. There's been no appropriation for to even get that process started. So um, it's been frustrating. This is one of the most important things that are going to dictate um, Ohio's political future for the next 10 years. And we need to get the, this started. And you know, we're about six weeks away. We have upcoming constitutional deadlines that we have to meet. So um, it's kind of um, been a point of contention <laughs> amongst many other things, but we keep calling um, for that commission to start um, the real work of laying the groundwork before we get the data. When it comes to laying that groundwork out, what <laughs> what has to happen to make sure that lines are drawn fairly and that lines are drawn to make sense for Ohioans this time around, state representative. I know that's probably easier said than done, but what, what has to take place there? Um, first and foremost, public input, public hearings. The last time that we went through this process, um, it was a complete. Uh, it was completely in the dark. There was actually a room um, called the bunker where everything was figured out and then presented um, to. Um, you know, lawmakers to make those decisions um, with very to little input on how that happened. So part of what we've has happened or occurred in the, in the 10 years from that, the last time we went through this, was the people actually said, we don't want that to happen anymore. And they actually put through two different um, issues on the ballot, said, we're going to have um, new rules in place. And for the first time, you have to have a minority input um, in order to pass your maps, in order to make sure that we are getting to a point where, you know, politicians aren't picking their voters. And what our democracy is based on is what we want is that voters are picking their politicians. And one of the biggest components of that is making sure that the public is aware that we are hearing from the public to hear what the, their community is like, where they want um, their lines to be drawn. So. Um, first and foremost is making sure that we are going around the state. We are actually listening to all types of um, Ohioans and what they want and what matters to them. And two, and making sure that we uphold and actually follow the rules put into place into our constitution that have one goal in mind and that is fair map that doesn't benefit one party over the other, that the will of the people is going to be listened to. It's the voice of State Representative Bride Rose Sweeney that is my guest this morning on WHBC. 
State Representative, let's um, talk about some of the other things that happened yesterday, some of the other bills that took place uh, yesterday in the House. I know one of those is the transgender and in, in women's sports argument, and, and I know that this is one that was started by one of your colleagues, I think State Representative Jenna Powell. Um, what happened with this vote yesterday, and what does this mean for that moving forward? Yeah, so first I'm going to talk about the process, and then I can actually get into um, the issues with the amendment. What we do here is so important. We are, we are entrusted with passing laws, and there is a process in place that we, are, that we all swore to uphold and abide by, and that is the fact that we will have public input. I mean, this goes back to the redistricting, that we as public officials, we work for the people. We don't work for ourselves, and we shouldn't be working for special interests. And what happened is, on the floor, without the opportunity for, you know, we were unaware this was happening, a bill that has absolutely nothing to do with banning transgender um, children from participating in sports. The original intent of the bill was to give college athletes the ability to make income off their name, image, and likeness, something that is a really good bill, a bill that had bipartisan support that we were excited to do. We were excited to allow students to start you know, getting this income. Um, and unfortunately, the Republicans in charge decided to take an opportunity to ruin a good bill that would have been bipartisan and by subverting the will of the people, this bill um, that would ban transgender children from participating in sports only had two hearings. There was absolutely no opportunity for any opposition to this bill to be heard in a public setting. The, the opposition was told that this would go through the committee process. They just waited. And unfortunately, they surpassed that. And as an amendment, instead of going through that traditional way, a bill, you know, three hearings in the House, they attached it to this bill. Um, and it is just shameful. If you have an idea and you want to pass it, you should be able to go through the process, get the support for it. And, you know, lawmakers, you know, it's these aren't easy jobs. If you can't have people, if you don't want to listen to people saying how you don't like your bill, then you shouldn't be a lawmaker. It was disgusting and it was shameful what happened, the way it happened. And then on top of that, the the actual amendment and the context in that is being used to divide us. This is not a real problem that is happening in the state of Ohio. I believe last year, of over the 400,000 transgender athletes, or over the, oh, sorry, over the 400 um, athletes we have in the state, only five of them are transgender. This is an issue, you know, outside of, um, you know, <laughs> the hate and the discrimination that is the underlining of the amendment. Um, the NCAA actually said any state that puts forward a law like this that they will stop investing in. Um, I believe it was North Carolina did a similar bill, and the NCAA pulled out, um, I think, $5 million of investment. This is a huge issue for economics, but completely and totally more important is the impact this is saying to our children in this state. This amendment says that you are not welcome here, that we are dividing people, and that we are not even going to allow us um, to have any say in this process. Um, the Psycholo Psychological Association, which did not have the ability to testify in opposition to this bill, came out and said that transgender youth are two times, and transgender youth of color actually three times more likely to commit suicide. And bills like this make them feel more isolated. It deems them as other. And it is just unacceptable to put forward something that is so controversial that is 
in my opinion, a lot of my colleagues' opinion, fueled just to fuel the flames of division that doesn't solve a problem. To do it in this way, I think, was just completely shameful, and I am hopeful that we can remove it and return back to the normal process. Yeah. No, that's I, – I know that there were a lot of reactions to on the House floor when it when it was put through yesterday, weren't there? Yes, and so part of the issue was in order to get the amendment uh, attached to there, there was had to be an expansion, um, an, um, expansion of the rules. That motion failed, and that's what when everything kind of exploded. Um, we had a, a rule violation that was going to be brought up. Um, it was our turn to speak, and we were not um, given that chance, um, which is a violation of the rules, and they went forward. And that is when some of my colleagues – um, were, I mean, quite frankly, yelling on the floor. I mean, we are in a super minority, but we still, Democrats represent millions of people across the state, and we are having our voices being silent on the floor. They have enough people to vote out any bill they want. The fact that they are that they do these tricks and they play these games is shameful, not only to the process and the decorum and the you know, the sanctity of the offices that we hold, but every Ohioan should be ashamed that this is the way that they are carrying out um, legislation in the people's house. Last thing I wanted to talk about is the vaccination bill that passed yesterday, again, through one of your colleagues in uh, Jennifer Gross. Um, I know we had her on here earlier this week to talk about it. I know that there was lots of opposition to this. There was also lots that were in agreement with this. Um, where did this conversation go yesterday, and, and how contentious was that? Yes, all light topics. Um, so, again, <laughs> it goes back to my point. If you have a, a bill, it should go through the typical process. Again, they attached an ill, Ill bill that is meant to pander to extreme anti-vaccine um, groups. Similar bills have been going through the process, and we've had hours and hours of testimony from proponents and opponents and when you hear that, you can, you know, formulate a bill, you have amendments, that's been happening. And instead, they took a similar bill that hasn't gone through that typical process and attached it to a bill that was given COVID relief money to townships and cities. That is what they did with that. It is, I would question as to why the Republicans keep attaching bills like this instead of going through the process. I would surmise that they don't want to hear the public out input. That is our job is to hear that. So any bill that would go subvert the process of having public input, having, you know, changes being made and having it being done in a public venue because all of our committees, hearings are streamed live, is unacceptable. And I don't care if you support the bill or not, because this could happen to another bill. If we continue on this path of destroying the legislative process, then what do we have left? And at the end of it, we should all be concerned because, what the amendment does is it further undermines the need for people to get vaccinated. And it, through that, fuels misinformation. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't allow a nursing home to say that if, you know, we want our workers to be vaccinated, if you choose not to be vaccinated, that's fine. But you have, but we're going to require you to wear a mask because you're making the choice not to be vaccinated. This bill would make it so that you cannot do that, that you cannot discriminate between vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals for private companies. I just find it interesting that we always have this argument that the government shouldn't be in the business of telling private companies to do anything unless it um, goes to their agenda, pandering to their 
um, in my opinion, ill-formed base. So again, this is an important conversation about vaccines. It should be happening in the public. And it just, I, I just cannot stress enough how wrong it is to, in the manner in which they are bringing up these amendments and attaching it to good bills that do good things. And when they do this, it also, you know, has, you know, as, as the ability to delay these bills, the name, image, and likeness bill is not being held up. The Senate bill um, that was giving money to our townships and our cities is now going to be held up because of these shenanigans. State Representative Bride Rose Sweeney, lots that we had to get to this morning. I appreciate you joining the show and uh, look forward to doing this again. I know it's been a frustrating time for Democrats in the State House and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, allowing me to share my perspective.